0: Peace, the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God Himself. God Himself in us bears fruit. When God is not in us, the fruit is lacking. And yet we are admonished even having the Holy Spirit We need the reminder to walk in the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. That tells me that it is possible to have the Holy Spirit and yet walk in some ways according to the flesh. So we need the reminder to step with the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. To renounce that which is flesh, that which is carnal, that which is untruth. And to follow the truth, the spirit of truth. He is our peace. He, Jesus, is our peace. And we'll read that that scripture, Ephesians 2, in a little bit. But thinking first, what is peace? What is peace? What does the dictionary say? The dictionary says this. It's a state of tranquility or quiet. It is freedom from civil disturbance. It is security or order. It is freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. It is harmony in personal relationships. It is end of hostilities. That's what the dictionary says is peace, and that's true. That's true. But compare this list with the fruit of the Spirit. It is shalom. Everything that makes for a person's highest good. Doesn't that run so much deeper than that previous list? It is a right relationship with God, a right relationship with yourself, and a right relationship with others. It is the presence of God within. Peace is the serenity, the peace, the serenity at the core of one's being regardless of the surrounding circumstances. It is a trust and confidence that God is within, is in control. God in you is in control. God in me is in control. That confidence. And it is a surrender to that control. That's inner peace. As you look at the first list, you see that that's surface peace. The first list by itself looks really good, and it is a definition of peace. But if you compare that first list with the second list, the first list is so surface. It's so inadequate for what what we long for. And I especially like number six here, the inner peace, a trust and confidence that God is in control. This is where it ties in with that song we just sang, the king of love, my shepherd is. He's in control. He's the shepherd. Peace, uh, and I've talked about these different uh, aspects of the fruit of the spirit. It's one fruit, the fruit, are different aspects of love. And here, it's love's confidence. We know that God loves us, and we trust that love, and we return that love, and it gives us confidence. Love's confidence. That's, to me, one of the best definitions of peace. We are in love, in God's love. And we believe his love. And we trust his love. And we are confident in his love. So regardless what's happening on the surface, regardless what's happening around us, regardless what's happening in the world, regardless of the turmoil even sometimes in our own minds, And sometimes even there's a sense of turmoil in our hearts, in our work, or in our families. There's that confidence that God loves us. And all things are going to work out for our good, because we love him a trust and confidence that God is in control and my personal surrender to that control. God is in control. Jesus is Lord of all. But if I'm not okay with that, I won't have peace. A surrender to that control. Compare surface peace with happiness. Hopefully next time we'll speak about the spirit fruit, joy. But compare the surface peace with happiness and the inner peace with joy. Happiness is great. It is God's intention for us. Surface peace is great. It is God's intention for us. But what's really, really awesome is when we're not happy, we can still have joy. When things aren't peaceful around us, we can still have peace. So surface peace, inner peace, happiness. We're happy when that, uh, that first list is, is in place. That makes us happy. But it isn't always. But this, can, this second list can always be in place. The joy, Uh, we don't need to let Satan or anyone steal our joy. All right, what is the source of peace? Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 2. We're going to read the whole chapter from which this verse is taken. He himself is our peace, God himself. And in this chapter, it's talking about Jesus, the representation of God. He is our peace. And as we read this chapter, Ephesians 2, just focus, think about where you have come from, where we have come from. We have come from sin. We have come from being dead in trespasses and sin. We have come from alienation from God. We had, had been separated from God in this Context, it's comparing Jews and Gentiles. We are Gentiles, and we were far away from God. We had no hope in this world. But God, through Jesus, who is our peace, made it possible for that to change. And he has changed that for most of us here this morning. Ephesians 2, verse 1, And you he made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. The trespasses and sins in which you once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, not the Holy Spirit, but another spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. That's an interesting description. The devil works in the sons of disobedience. Verse 3, among whom also we all once had our conversation or our walk of life. We all conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, that's why he's rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together together, with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Again, it's with Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved, Through faith. Let me just pause there. Again, faith is how we're saved. It is by faith that we believe that Jesus is who he said he is. That Jesus is God. It is by faith that we trust the work of Christ on the cross and the power of the resurrection. It is through faith that we follow Jesus' footsteps and identify with him identify with his death, identify with his resurrection, and walk in his footsteps in obedience to what he tells us to do. It is by faith that we follow Jesus. Thus, we have salvation. Thus, we receive him into our heart. And having received God, the Son, we receive God, the Holy Spirit, of which we are talking the fruit of the Spirit. It is by faith. Verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's not to any of our credit or our effort or our doings. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, you, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Implying that, yes, we're still not Jews, but implying that we're not Gentiles anymore. We are now God's Jews. We are now in the family of God. We are now brought close By the blood of Christ. Verse 14. And here's the context of verse 14. For he is our peace. Jesus himself is our peace. Our peace is a person, our peace is God himself. If you want inner peace, then you need to have Jesus in you. He is our peace. And then he goes on and he he describes the the barrier between Jew and Gentile, the the barrier between uh, those without God and those who are in God's family. For he is our peace, Jesus, who has made both of those two groups of people, he has made both one. He has made one out of two and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. So we have peace with people now. And if Jew and Gentile can be at peace, then anyone can be at peace. Verse 16, and that he might reconcile them both to God. So now we're being brought into peace with God because he's reconciling Jew and Gentile with each other and Jew and Gentile with God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him, Jesus We both have access by one Spirit to the Father. And now we have peace with the Father through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. So we have peace with the Father, we have peace with ourselves through that, and peace with others. Verse 19 Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. People, we so much struggle in some shape or form. Every one of us struggles, sometime or other, with acceptance, rejection, that issue. Sometimes it's in our own family. Sometimes it's in our church. Sometimes it's at work. Sometimes it's in social groups. But we so struggle, and I just beg of you to kick that struggle out the door, because you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Yes, we all act strange sometimes. I do. I'm no exception. Sometimes I feel like I act stranger than most people. But in Christ, I'm just as happy as normal people. In Christ, We are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You are a part of the church. Receive that acceptance. Having been, verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Peace, inner peace. Peace with God and peace with ourselves and peace with others. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. Jesus said when he was here, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world give." Not like that first list, not that kind of peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus came and preached the gospel of peace, about the kingdom of peace. When Jesus was born, the angels announced peace on earth, goodwill to to men. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace, myself I give to you. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I, your peace, have overcome the world. So, Jesus is our peace. Say that with me. Jesus is our peace. And let's make it personal. Jesus is my peace. Jesus is my peace. The, the better you realize your source of peace, the more you will be at peace. You are at peace with him. And when you are at peace with God, you can be at peace with yourself. You know, that's our biggest problem. It's not other people. We struggle the most with being at peace with ourselves. Sometimes we can just hardly stand ourselves. Oh, we try to deny it. We try to distract and and bolster ourselves up. But that's really what we struggle with the most, being at peace with ourselves. We can be at peace with ourselves as we are at peace with God. Realizing our source of peace. And when we are at peace with God and ourselves, then we're in a good place to be at peace with others. Peace at the core, regardless of outward circumstances. So, he himself is our peace. God provides peace. Peace with him through Christ. He took the penalty of sin of our sin. So through Jesus and his work now we have access to God the Father. Now we can be in relationship with the Father. Now we can be at peace with the Father. Through Christ we can be at peace with God. We can look forward to meeting him. Peace with ourselves because Christ took the penalty of our sin. He cleanses us from that guilty conscience, that nagging doubt, that, that shame, that guilt, that condemnation. We can be at peace with ourselves and at peace with others. God in Christ breaks down the walls which separate humanity. In a future message, I'd like to talk about peacemaking, being peacemakers. But we have to first have that peace in us before we can be effective peacemakers. God breaks down those walls of division, of separation, when we are at peace with ourselves. All right, I'd like to talk a little bit about peace comes by believing what God says about Jesus. And just a few verses, Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a beautiful, wonderful verse. Justified by faith, remember, it is by faith that we are saved, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is our peace. Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. It comes by believing what God says about Jesus and trusting it that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that, that brings us this. Philippians 4.7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice this is breaking in in the middle of the sentence. What's the, what's the verse before that? Anyone know? Philippians 4.6, what is it? Uh, no. No. Be careful or be anxious for nothing. In other words, refuse to worry about anything. So there's something we need to do. It doesn't come automatically, but as we make that choice to refuse to worry about anything, the peace of God, which passes all, it's inexplainable. We can't understand it, will guard your hearts and minds. But notice, It's not of your doings. Even even though we have to cooperate, it's not, you don't have to produce it. It is through Jesus Christ. It's still Him being our peace. You have to cooperate with that and refuse to worry about anything. But even so, it is through Jesus Christ. It is through Jesus Christ. And this is such a good one from the Old Testament. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. People, there's, there's, there's requirements to have this inner peace. It is faith in receiving Jesus, but then further there's requirements in keeping our mind where it needs to be keeping our minds, exercising our minds, and he has given us the Holy Spirit, the spirit of a self-disciplined mind, 1 Timothy says. And we need to discipline our minds to focus on God, Jesus, who is our peace. And as we focus on him, keep our minds on him, he will keep us in perfect peace. And why? It's because we're trusting in him keep your minds on him, and choose to trust him. So by believing what, what, what God says about Jesus and trusting in that truth about Jesus, we can have this peace that passes understanding, that will take us through anything, absolutely anything, however difficult, if we're willing so, peace comes by believing and trusting what God says about Jesus. Peace comes by obedience to the Lordship of Christ. This is so important. And I'm intrigued with this verse from Acts. Acts 10:36, "The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ." And then just tacked on to the end of the verse like this, I didn't put that those those hyphens in there. I didn't do that. That's in in Scripture. But tacked in on the end of that verse, it says, He is Lord of all. That is not by accident. Peace comes by obedience to the Lordship of Christ. When you know Jesus is Lord of all, and you're okay with Him being Lord of all of you, Lord of all of your life, you'll have peace. Not until then. I have a brother who is on shaky ground spiritually. And this was years ago. I asked him, how's he doing? How's your relationship? Oh, I have a relationship with Jesus. And I read my Bible every day. And then I asked him, Do you have peace? And it didn't take him split second. Oh no, I don't have peace. He was not surrendered to the lordship of Christ. Colossians 1.20. And by him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So the him and the his here is Jesus. And, and what's behind this is God the Father reconciling all things to himself, the the world, heaven and earth, all people, uh, all kingdoms, everything will one day be reconciled. Now there are so many things that ain't right. This is wrong, that's wrong. There's something wrong with every person. There's something wrong with every kingdom. There's something wrong with every day. This, This is a broken world. But through Christ, one day, all wrongs will be righted and everything will be reconciled to God and it's through Jesus Christ. Are you okay with that? Do you believe it? No, we don't see it yet, but it's going to happen. I can't wait. I can't wait till all wrongs are righted. That means all my wrongs are righted, too. Can't wait. But God is reconciling all things to himself through Jesus. The Lordship of Christ. And then Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life in peace. So if we want to walk in the flesh, the end is death if we want to walk in the Spirit, in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we will have life, and we will be life givers, and we will have peace. Have peace. I love it. All right, so peace comes by believing and trusting what God says about Jesus, and peace comes by obedience to the Lordship of Christ. All right, just quickly now... um, Diseases that hinder the growth of peace. So if peace is a fruit, then it's got to grow. And and conditions need to be right. And uh, diseases need to be guarded against. And in some ways, I'm just saying the opposite now of what I've been saying. But uh, just to help us understand that there are diseases that hinder this. And uh, especially, here Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. So it sounds like you have peace in your heart. If you have a Holy Spirit, you have Jesus, he is our peace, then you have peace in your heart, but you've got to let it rule. And so how are you going to let it rule? Well, you've got to get rid of anything that hinders that rule. And so that's why I call it diseases that could keep this fruit from growing, from becoming ripe, edible. And so it's not bitter uh, because it's, because it's uh, immature uh, and miss, yeah, it's, it's just not ripe yet. Or overripe and rotten. I haven't ta- t- taken time to think through that analogy. But if your fruit is rotten, uh, that's not good either. But to let the peace of God rule so that that fruit will grow. So what's, what's the disease? Well, focus on self and circumstances. That is, that is a deadly disease where we're focused on ourselves or we're focused on our circumstances. It is the exact opposite from that verse from Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, where you're focused on him, our peace, instead of focusing on ourselves ourselves. In our circumstances. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in in him. So your trust is in him and not in yourself or in your circumstances. And again, these words of Jesus, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have negative circumstances. Don't focus on that. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So that's a disease that can hinder the uh, the fruit growth. Divided loyalties. And again, we're talking about the lordship of Jesus Christ. I love that verse in Psalm that, where the psalmist is praying the prayer. He says, Unite my heart to fear thy name. So we have one loyalty. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon, or you cannot serve God and anything else. You serve God. You have one loyalty, the lordship of Jesus Christ, and everything else that we occupy ourselves with need to fit into that loyalty. Divided loyalties will keep the fruit from the peace, fruit from maturing. Refusal to trust or lack of confidence in God. <clears throat> Psalms 4.8 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. When you lay down to sleep at night, what are you trusting? Are you trusting God? I just love this testimony. I will lay down in peace and sleep. And it's because we trust God in his safety. <clears throat> this guarantees spiritual safety, not necessarily physical safety, but it guarantees spiritual safe- safety. There's no safer place than dwelling in God's will. There's an interesting verse in Job. It says, now acquaint yourself with God and be at peace. If you want that reference, it's Job twenty two twenty one. Job twenty two twenty one. 21. Now, acquaint yourself with God and be at peace. So, are you getting acquainted with God? Are you spending time to get to know him? Who is our peace? If you do that, if you do all you can to get to know him, to acquaint yourself with him, acquaint yourself with his characteristics, acquaint yourself with his people, acquaint yourself with his ways, acquaint yourself with his word, now acquaint yourself with God and be at peace because he is our peace. He is the source of our peace. He is our peace. So the more I acquaint myself with him, the more at peace I will be. All right. Now the last one here I have is commitment to surface peace. Often the inner peace, the, the fruit of the spirit peace, does not grow because we are too committed keeping surface peace isn't that crazy isn't that ridiculous Um, so how can I explain this let the peace of God rule I'll try to explain it several ways if we are so busy trying to keep everything everybody happy and everything peaceful we're working our tails off to try to, to make this happen. It's just I think I think you understand. This just it's not letting God work His peace. We're distracted. We're so committed with keeping surface peace that the inner peace can't really flourish. So if you and here's another way of explaining it. Uh, inner peace so if inner peace is love's confidence if you are so confident in God's love and you have this inner peace you're not going to be budged by the whims of people in fact you're going to really annoy some people because you'll They'll be jealous because you have inner peace. And you don't get all worked up in a tizzy with them when they are out to do something out of their anxiety. You're not going to flow with that. You're going to be different. And when that happens, it's not going to mesh with everybody. Another, and you may even be persecuted. In the world, you will have tribulation. And you need to allow that. If you're going to jump on everybody's bandwagon and try to keep everything happy and, and, and try to fit in, inner peace, fruit won't grow. You can't be committed. You can't be too committed to having surface peace. Yes, Scripture says, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. We want to be peacemakers, and we want to do what we can. But when we're too committed to surface peace, it will actually interfere with the growth of inner peace. Remember, compare surface peace with happiness and inner peace with joy. And sometimes if you take the happiness and joy thing, If we're just all about being happy, 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 we'll amuse ourselves to death and never get to joy. It just doesn't, it's not, it can interfere with each other. So let's not be too committed to surface peace. Let's remember that he himself is our peace. The fruit of the spirit is peace. He himself is our peace. Let's keep our focus to that. Let's bow our heads in prayer.